Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Rivers Church. The story of a poor little fox. This little fox, it was a time of famine and you'd often get hungry and he couldn't find anything to eat. But there was a local farmer nearby. And so what he would do is the, the little fox during the night would run into the farm and he'd take a little bit of the harvest, a little bit of the crops, and he'd eat it. He wouldn't take a lot, just enough to help him get by until the next day. Anyway, the farmer used to watch this happening from his porch and he'd see this and he'd get angry and he'd get frustrated. And eventually, after time and time again this happening, he became so angry that it turned to rage. And he became so full of rage that he decided he's going to catch this fox and he's going to do something. Anyway, the one night, he went into the field, into his crops, and he hid there. The little fox made his way out, took some of the crop, and he jumped onto the fox. He took a rope, he tied it onto his tail, and he took his lighter to light the rope. And he thought, ha, 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 I'm going to burn this little fox. And he lit the rope. In the panic, as the rope was burning, the little fox ran around the harvest and the crops. And he started to see that the little fox started to burn all the crops. Eventually, he ran through the whole farm in a panic. He found a river. He jumped in the river, and the blaze went out, and he ran away free. But he left the farmer looking out onto his crops, left with nothing. I've come to realize that in life, anger destroys things in people's lives. And when we don't learn to control our anger, we kill off our crops. We kill off our dreams, we kill off relationships, we kill off our marriages, we kill off our friendships, we kill off our career, we divide churches because we don't know how to control our anger. You know, I hate the fact that our country is known as an angry nation because we don't know how to channel our anger correctly. And uncontrolled anger will destroy people's lives. And so this evening, I want to speak very simply on the subject, correctly dealing with our anger. Correctly dealing with our anger. You know, right in the beginning in the book of Genesis, we find the result of how anger brought about a fire or a destruction because it was uncontrolled. In the book of Genesis chapter 4, we read about how God said to Cain and Abel to bring me an offering. And this is what it says from verse 3. Later, Cain brought some fruit from the ground as a gift to God. Abel brought the best parts from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. So Cain became very angry and felt rejected. The Lord asked Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look so unhappy? If you do things well, I'll accept you. But if you don't do them well, sin is ready to attack you. Notice that he doesn't say, I'm going to reject you. What he's saying is that when you, get it, when you let sin control you, you'll end up walking away from me and you'll end up hurting yourself. Sin wants you, but you must rule over it. And almost as if you can kind of put in brackets over there, and Cain, without listening to Abel, said to his brother Abel, let's go out into the field. While they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother and he killed him. You know, this happens every day in our lives. People murder their dreams. People are murdering their relationships. People are murdering their careers. People are murdering the friendships that they have in their school environment. Why? Because we don't know how to control our anger. But when we learn to channel our anger, we can change the environment and the world that we live in. 
So if you're taking notes this evening, a truth. What you do not manage will manage you. What you do not manage will manage you. Think about it. If I don't manage my finances, they will manage me. And I'll be in debt trying to get out of it. If I don't manage my eating, my eating will manage me. And I'll look in the mirror one day and I'll say, how did I get to this place? When I don't manage my anger, my anger begins to manage me. So we have to learn to manage different areas of our lives lest they manage us. And the thing with anger is that anger is not the issue. It's dealing with our anger. Anger is a God-given emotion. It's okay to get angry. Being angry can change our nation. I'm angry at injustice. I'm angry for people that don't know Jesus. I'm angry when rape occurs. I'm angry for hurt people. I'm angry with poverty. I'm angry. But when we channel that anger in the right way, we can build a church that changes a nation. We can start something that impacts our community. So it's not anger. It's the control and the channel of anger. Because look what it says in Psalm 4. When you are angry, do not sin. So God says, when you're angry, don't sin. So it's okay to be angry, but what do you do with that anger? How do you control that anger? You see, anger is much like fire. On a good winter's evening in Joburg, there is nothing better than a wonderful fireplace. A controlled fire that keeps you warm. But the same fire can cause destructions to buildings, to harvests, and it can destroy people's lives. The same element, different execution. Anger, it's an element and it can be channeled to change people's lives or it can cause destruction. Where are you with your anger today? Are you channeling it in the right way? Or is it burning down your life and we need to reel it in? I love what Bishop T.D. Jake said. When anger controls you, you can be right about the point, but wrong about the method. When anger controls us, we can be right about the point, but wrong about the method. You remember the story in the book of Exodus about Moses, and he kills the Egyptian. He killed the Egyptian because the Egyptians killed a Hebrew. Right about the point, wrong about the method. No, Mo Moses, you're right. He shouldn't be doing that. You're absolutely right. But how you acted on that anger? Totally incorrect. How many times do we as people, we, we want to make this valid point, and you're right about the point, but you're wrong when you're throwing vases at people. You're wrong when you want to beat up someone. You're wrong when you want to belittle someone and tell them that they're useless. My husband is you, my wife is useless. I, I wish I married someone else. No, your point might be right, but your method might be wrong. We have to learn to channel anger correctly so we can change our lives. Proverbs 29.11 says, foolish people lose their tempers, but wise people control. Notice that we all get a temper at times, but it's about controlling that temper for the benefit of not only people around us, but for the benefit of us. Because Mark Twain once said that, that anger is much like acid. It actually does more harm to the vessel in which it's contained than outside. We're actually hurting ourselves by having anger within us, uncontrolled anger. So I want to share a couple of points this evening on how to correctly deal with anger. You ready? Number one, we must not allow too much room for it. We must not allow too much room for it. 
you'll notice that I didn't say in the point, don't allow room for it. I said, don't allow too much room for it. Because as I said earlier, anger can be used in a powerful way to change our nation. Anger can be used to grow a church because we don't want to see people not heading to heaven one day. I'm angry that people don't know God. I'm angry that they're finding their identity in clubs and other people and a, and a lost cause. I'm angry about that. So I invite people to church. I'm preaching God's word because I want to see people come to know God. We can channel our anger, but don't leave too much room for it. Because what we leave a little bit of room for gets another bit and another bit and another bit. It's like sugar, isn't it? You can have one. Let's be real. No one stops at one. If you give me a chocolate bar and you say to me, you can have one piece, you won't get the chocolate bar back. It's not going to happen. Because I'll have one, then I'll break another one, then I'll break another one, then I'll break another one. The same with anger. We go, no, I'm just going to, I'm just frustrated here and I'm just going to. No, eventually our whole world is consumed by anger. And you know what we end up doing? We allow anger to rent a room in our lives. And you know what anger does? It kills the landlord. You just have that little room and before we know it, our whole lives are killed off because our whole life is full of anger. And we wonder why are people not coming to us? Why are people not wanting to be friends with me? Because we're angry with the world. We're angry with people. We're angry with the way things are done. We, and we don't know how to control it. Number two, we have to learn to communicate. Maybe in brackets I can say, especially being a guy, especially guys. You know, technology is a wonderful thing. I'm so glad that we have screens like we do and the worship team playing the instruments that they do and we're in the church that we're in. Technology is beautiful, but it also has a great price that we pay with it. People become disconnected. I no longer know how to communicate with you anymore because I communicate on my device. So I send you flames and angry emojis when I'm upset, but when I have to talk to you face to face, I don't know what to do. Why? Because we've let technology rule us in our lives. We need to learn to communicate face to face. This is what upsets me. This is what annoys me. This is what I'm angry about. I want to say this today. Vulnerability is not a weakness. And gentlemen, you won't die from being vulnerable. Husbands, you won't die from being vulnerable. But you could kill your marriage without being vulnerable. We need to learn to talk to each other. This hurts me. This is what's making me angry. Because we can change our relationships for the good. Number three, we need to know and understand our pressure points. We need to know and understand our pressure points. What are your pressure points? What gets to you? What happens when people push those buttons? I'll tell you straight away what my pressure point is, and 70% of people has probably got the same pressure point. The road is a huge pressure point. It's where I constantly have to remind myself, God, help me in this. God, forgive me for that. God, because it, it gets to me. I can't stand it when people drive through red robots. It makes me angry. I, I can't stand it when people are going through emergency lanes and people are cutting people off. It, it, it's really where my unchristian comes out. It's where I get angry and I have to know, Chase, that is a pressure point. And we have to be ready to face our pressure points. What are your pressure points in work? What are your pressure points with friends, with your husband or your wife? You know, pressure points is much like this. So every single day, we let stuff into our lives. 
People tell us things. Maybe someone shouted at us. Maybe something happened that irritated you. And you know what happens? People start pushing. And you start to figure out what are the pressure points. Hey, you know what? The road gets to me. Oh, you know what? My career, my boss, this. When I'm in this situation, it gets to me. We have to know what our pressure points are because you know what will happen eventually because it's going to come a moment, whether it's with our husband or our wife or our friend or an usher says, please sit over here or a... Come on, or a car park attendant says, please, can you park here? I will not park a pa. And you pop, and that poor car park attendant's like, and had nothing to do with him. We just didn't learn to communicate, and we popped. You know what you need to do? We keep stuff in. Just learn to let it go. Just, just let it go. Because you see what happens when you begin to let stuff go, it's no longer a pressure point. And then you start to let that, you know that person said something, let it go. Oh, you know that frustrated me, let it go. Or channel it correctly rather than let it consume you. Because we can't let all things go, otherwise there'd just be injustice ruling the world. But we have to channel it correctly. Because eventually, when you just let it all out, you'll figure out that actually people can push your buttons all day. And you just let it... You know what, it's okay. You can tell me, you can be frustrated. It's okay. I don't have pressure points. I'm just going to let it go. So what are your pressure points this evening? George Sweeting, I love this quote. He says this. He's in a class. I lose my temper, but it's all over in a minute, said the student. Yeah, so is the hydrogen bomb, I replied. But think of the damage it produces. See, we say, no, I just, I just have my moment where I'm, I'm just frustrated and I... But the damage you and I can cause through uncontrolled anger, the most ridiculous saying of all time, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never harm me. If you've ever in your anger said something where you just, if you can just bring it back, you'll realize that actually it does a lot of damage. So we need to figure out what are the points of pressure and let it go. Number four, don't let anger be your default setting. Pastor Andre, I love the fact that he says, live by design, not by default. And too many people, our default setting is anger. So straight away when a button gets pushed, we we, our immediate response is, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. And we throw something, we want to punch a wall, punch a person, we manipulate people, we hold a grudge against people, don't want to talk to you because we're angry. No, we need to learn to let stuff go and not let it be our default setting. You know, in many electronics these days and electronic gates, especially with load shedding, you'll know this, there's a function called manual override. It means that when this happens, I switch to manual and the device no longer lives in default setting. I now control how the device works. Can I encourage some of you today? You need to switch to manual override. Don't live in your default way. That's just who I am. I just get angry. You're just going to have to deal with it. No, you can manually override your anger and go, this is not who I'm going to be. I'm not going to explode at people. I'm not going to be frustrated like this. I have a manual override button. Never let it be your default setting. You know, one of the things that frustrates me as well is when people say to me, it's just who I am. 
I'm not changing. Now, I do want to say this. If your personality is an introvert and someone's telling you you have to be an extrovert, you can say, you know, I'm, I'm not, that's my personality. You can't force me to suddenly be an extrovert. But if you get angry and it's uncontrolled and someone says you need to work at it, you do need to change it. We, do, we can't have the excuse, that's who I am and that's what I'm going to be in life and that's who I, you just have to deal with me. Because I want to remind you of the book of Ephesians. You are God's children whom he loves. So try to be like him. In other words, we need to try be like Christ. And Christ, even though he got angry at the right things, he also had composure. He also thought things through. He also valued relationship. So we need to be more like Christ. Let's never have anger at our default setting, but let's live by design. Number five, you have to admit you struggle with it. You know, one of the first ways to correctly deal with our anger is to say, I struggle with it. You know, it's not a weakness to say you struggle with something. Why is it that when someone has a fractured arm or a broken arm, we run to the doctor, we allow them to help us take care of it so that in the months later, we can find ourselves healed. And we're like, that's cool. We're glad you go to the doctor. But when we're broken in here, we don't want to tell anyone. When actually we should be going, I'm I'm hurting here, I'm angry, someone please help me. Go to the Father who is the ultimate physician, get friends around you and admit I have a brokenness inside me, would you help me to overcome? Because we all have a measure of brokenness. And if you have people around you are telling you just to get over it, you got the wrong people around you. You need to have people that'll go, we're gonna help you through this. It's gonna be tough when we're gonna have to tell you the tough things things like stop snapping, don't get angry, don't get annoyed but we'll help heal you. And with God's grace, you'll get through that cast and you'll get to a place where you go, wow, I don't get angry anymore. Wow, I can't believe, but we have to admit we struggle with it in the first place. In his book, Gary J. Oliver and Norman Wright, uh, in their book, It's Okay to Be Angry, they say this, an anger avoider wears blinders concerning his or own initial feelings of irritation and annoyance. So the feelings are stuffed with the hope they'll, be a disappe- they'll do a disappearing act, but it doesn't work. Can I encourage you today? Don't try and stuff your anger in a hole and imagine that it's gonna disappear. It's not. You're just blowing up a bigger balloon. And whether it's in your marriage or in your career or in school, even in church, there's gonna come a day where someone is gonna push a pressure point and you are gonna explode over everyone and you're gonna hurt people, but most of all, you're gonna hurt yourself. We have to admit we have it. That's the first part of letting it go. And the final point today, and I pray you've been stirred this evening. Channel your anger into making a godly change. So how do we deal with our anger? Channel it into making a godly change. Like I said before, Jesus was angry. If you remember the fact that Jesus was angry that they were turning his temple into a place where they were selling defiled sacrifices to try and make money, Jesus didn't go, come here, sweet people. Let me talk you through this because you obviously didn't hear the first time. Now, I'm going to talk quietly and politely. You can't do this in church. Now, the Bible says Jesus walked away. He made a whip. (laughs) And he got into that temple. And can you imagine that scene? of Jesus creating a whip and getting into temple going, you will not make my house into a den of pa, pa, all these things. And what would Jesus, that's what Jesus would do. 
See, everybody's like, what would Jesus do? It's not outside the realms of possibility to make a whip. But you know what Jesus did? He channeled it. He channeled it because he wanted his temple to be a holy place where people honored God. Can I encourage you, channel your anger to a place where you can build this nation. Don't be angry at people, be angry at injustice. Let's not be angry at different races and create divisions. No, let's be a unified nation that is angry at the things that are taking place in our nation so that together we can build a nation that rises up and that other nations will look to and go, South Africa, that is a nation. That is a country that we can be like. But it starts with letting go of anger. You know, I'm so glad that on the cross with Jesus that God let go of his anger. He put it on Christ instead of putting it on us. God is not angry with you. God is angry with sin. Because sin has a hold on people. And he doesn't want people to be held by sin. That's why he sent Jesus. So that we don't have to deal with that wrath of God on sin. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians. God did not choose us to suffer his anger, but to have salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.